0: And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is May the 5th, 125th day of the year. 240 days remain until the year's over with. And I had a request, and I've been honoring it, that I talk about all the holidays and national days. And there's a bunch of good ones for May 5th. It's uh, Cinco de Mayo, National Hoggy Day, Vesak Day celebrates Buddha's birth. Uh, we got uh, Buddha, Purnima, um, which is basically a mystical journey, I understand. Children's Day, the Day of Vesak, honor Buddha's birth, enlightenment, and death. Europe Day, General Prayer Day. And if you're not a general, you can pray anyway. Uh, Hug a shed and take a selfie day. Indian Arrival Day. Guyana is celebrating its heritage. And its motto is, One People, One Nation, One Destiny. It's International Midwives Day. Kentucky Oaks day Uh, on this particular date we celebrate one of the oldest continuously contested sporting events in history it's liberation day in the netherlands Uh, museum lovers day nail day Uh, national astronaut day national cartoonist day national concert day national devon day we celebrate uh, and appreciate all the Devons, you know. National Silence the Shame Day. That's uh, Speak Up for Mental Health. National Space Day, which is the basis of today's show. National Totally Chipotle Day. National No Pants Day. Run Around Naked. Revenge of the Fifth. School Lunch Hero Day. Sleep Apnea Awareness Day, Tuba Day, World Hand Hygiene Day, and World Portuguese Language Day. That's one of the most widespread languages in the world. Well, in 553, uh, we had the Second Council of Constantinople begin. 1215, rebel barons renounce their allegiance to King John of England. Part of a chain of events leading to the signing of the Magna Carta. They thought he was getting too big for his robes. 1260, Kublai Khan becomes ruler of the Mongol Empire. 1494, in his second voyage to the New World, Christopher Columbus sees Jamaica. Lands at Discovery Day and declares Jamaica the property of the Spanish crown. Weren't we getting a little um, grabby? sixteen oh nine Lord Shimazu Tadatsuni of the Satsuma Domain in southern Kyushu, Japan completes his successful invasion of the Ryuku Kingdom in Okinawa. sixteen forty King Charles I of England dissolves the short parliament. sixteen fifty four Cromwell's Act of Grace aimed at reconciliation with the Scots is proclaimed in Edinburgh. 1762, Russia and Prussia signed the Treaty of St. Petersburg. 1789, in France, the Estates General convenes for the first time since 1614. 1809, Mary Keese becomes the first woman awarded a U.S. patent for a technique of weaving straw with silken thread. I'd have thought more of it if she knew how to weave straw into gold, but that's another story. 1821 Emperor Napoleon dies in exile on the island of St. Helena in the South Atlantic Ocean. A um, more recent test on some of his hair showed that he was poisoned. 1821 the first edition of the Manchester Guardian which is now known as the Guardian is published. 1835 the first railway in continental Europe opens between Brussels and Mechelen. 1862 Troops led by Ignacio Zaragoza halt a French invasion in the Battle of Puebla in Mexico. 1864, American Civil War Battle of the Wilderness begins in Sponsylvania County. 1865, the Confederate government was declared dissolved at Washington, Georgia. And at that point, it became every man for himself. Um, Jefferson Davis planned on going to Cuba and continuing to run the war from there, but he didn't make it. 1866, Memorial Day first celebrated in the U.S. at Waterloo, New York. 1877, uh, American Indian War, Sitting Bull Legion's band of Lakota Sioux into Canada, avoid harassment by the Army under Colonel Nelson Miles. Uh, 1886, workers marching for the eight hour day in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, were shot at by Wisconsin National Guardsmen in what became known as the Bayview Massacre. 1891, the Music Hall New York, which is now known as Carnegie Hall, had its grand opening and first public performance on this date. Tchaikovsky was the guest conductor. 1904, pitching against the Philadelphia Athletics at the Huntington Avenue grounds, Cy Young of the Boston Americans uh, throws uh, the first perfect game in the modern era of baseball. 1905, the trial in the Stratton Brothers case begins in London. Marks the first time fingerprint evidence is used again gain a conviction for murder. Now, for those that are not familiar, the Stratton brothers' case, it was Alfred Edward Stanton and his brother, Albert Ernest uh, Stratton. I keep saying Stanton, it's Stratton. First men to be convicted in Britain for murder based on fingerprints were executed May 9th. At nine a.m. on the twenty-third of May, nineteen o five, at HM Prison Wars It's also known as the Mass Murders due to the black stocking top mask that had been left at the scene. Also known as the Deptford Murders due to the location of the Farrow Murders. That's the last name of the victims. <coughs> uh, the uh, the man, it, it happened at a uh, paint shop. Thomas Farah, who was 71, his wife, Anne, 65, lived in a flat above the uh, Chapman's Oil and Color Shop. And he went in the habit of having the shop still closed at such a late hour, 8.30 in the morning. Couldn't get the door open, so Jones tried knocking, but since he didn't get a response from either of the couple, he peeked through a window and saw there were chairs knocked over. So he ran for help and found Lewis Kidman, a local resident who worked at a nearby store, and the two men forced their way into the shop and after a search, they found the body of Mr. Farrell on the ground, dead. Miss Farrell was barely alive but unconscious in the couple's bed in the upstairs flat. Both showed signs of having been beaten. The doctor and the police were called. Miss Farrell was taken to the hospital. Well, despite the disarray in the shop, police didn't find any signs of forced entry. It was determined the robbery was the motive. Going um, to Jones, Mr. Farrell would collect the week's earnings and deposit them in a the local bank every Monday and. An empty cash box was found on the floor, which is estimated to have had about thirteen pounds in it. now um, oh, that was thirteen pounds in nineteen oh five currency. That was about fifteen hundred in uh twenty twenty one. About two thousand uh seventeen hundred and fifty to two thousand now. And to uh so eventually uh, fingerprints were found that were uh, found to be those of the Strattons. All right, 1920. Authorities arrest Nicolas Sacco and Bartolomeo Vanzetti for alleged robbery and murder. Sacco and Vanzetti is a very famous case. 1830. The 1930 uh, Bago earthquake, the former of two major earthquakes in southern Burma, Killed as many as 7,000 people in Yangon and Bago. In 1936, Italian troops invade and occupy Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. In 1940, the Norwegian campaign. Norwegian squads in Hegra Fortress and Vengevingen capitulate to German forces after all the Norwegian forces in southern Norway had laid down their arms and surrendered. 1941 Emperor Haile Selassie of Ethiopia returns to Addis Ababa. Country commemorates the day. as Liberation Day or Patriots' Victory Day. The Italian army, a modern army, was beaten by uh, the Ethiopians, many of whom were on horseback using spears. 1945 World War II. The Prague Uprising begins as an attempt by the Czech resistance to free the city from German occupation. Also, in the state in 1945, a Fugo balloon bomb launched by the Japanese Army killed six people near Bly, Oregon. And also in 1945, the Battle of Castle Itter, one of only two battles in that war in which America's German troops fought cooperatively. It was in the Austrian village of Itter in the northern Tyrol region of the country. It was in the last days of the European theater of World War II. Um, troops of the 23rd Tank Battalion of the 20th Armored Division of the U.S. 21st Corps led by Lieutenant John Jack Lee Jr. and a number of Wehrmacht soldiers led by Major Joseph uh, Sepp Gengel, S.S. Hopstrom Fuhrer Kurt Siegfried Schrader and recently freed French prisoners of war defended the castle from attacking forces of the uh, 17th SS Panzer Grenadier Division until relief from the 142nd Infantry Regiment uh, arrived. French prisoners included former Prime Ministers, Generals, tennis star Jean Boratra, and Charles de Gaulle's sister. One of two known times during the war in which Americans and Germans fought side by side, other being Operation Cowboy. Stories about this battle called it the strangest battle of World War II. Only 46 International Military Tribunal for the Far East begins in Tokyo with 28 Japanese military and government officials accused of war crimes and crimes against humanity. Not a lot came out of that. 1955, the general treaty by which France, Britain and the US recognize the sovereignty of West Germany comes into effect. 1961, Project Mercury, Alan Shepard becomes the first American to travel in outer space in a suborbital flight. 1964, the Council of Europe declares May 5th Europe Day. We didn't. 1972, Alitalia Flight 112 crashes into Mount Monga Near Palermo, Sicily, killing all 115 on board, making it the deadliest single aircraft disaster in Italy. 1973, Secretariat wins the 1973 Kentucky Derby. One minute, 59 and two fifths seconds, an as yet unbeaten record. 1980, Operation Nimrod. British Special Air Service storms the Iranian Embassy in London after a six day siege. 1981, Bobby Sands dies in Long Cash Prison Hospital after 66 days of hunger striking. He was 27. Um, member and leader in the nice prison of the Provisional Irish Republican Army. Um, Samsel planned the 1976 Balmoral Furniture Company bombing in Dunmurray which was followed by a gun battle with the Royal Ulster Constabulary. Samsel was arrested uh, trying to make an escape and sentenced to 14 years of firearms possession. He led uh, and organized the 1981 hunger strike in which Irish Republican prisoners protested against the removal of special category status. During the strike, he was actually elected to the British Parliament as an anti-H Block candidate. His uh, death and those of nine other hunger strikers was followed by a new surge of IRA recruitment and uh, IRA activity. 1985, Ronald Reagan visits the military cemetery of Bitburg and the site of the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. He makes a speech there. 1987, a contra affair started congressional televised hearings in the, the U.S. 1991, a riot breaks out at the Mount Pleasant section of Washington, D.C. after police shoot a Salvadorian man. 1994, the signing of the Bishkek Protocol between uh, Armenia and Azerbaijan effectively freezes uh, the Nagomo-Karabakh conflict. 1994, American teenager Michael Faze caned in Singapore for theft and vandalism. As well, he should have been. Two thousand six, government of Sudan signs an accord with Sudan uh, Liberation Army. Two thousand seven, Kenya Airways Flight Five Hundred and Seven crashes after takeoff from Douala International Airport in Douala, Cameroon, kills all one hundred and fourteen aboard, making it the deadliest aircraft disaster in Cameroon. I had to go stop the peanut gallery. 2010, mass protests in Greece erupt in response to austerity measures imposed by the government as a result of the Greek government debt crisis. And in 2023, on this date, the World Health Organization declares on the end of the COVID-19 pandemic and has about as much weight as one of our illustrious leaders executive orders. All right, as I said, we're going to be talking about um, space, the final frontier, and no, we're not going to be talking about the um, voyages of the the Enterprise. But as I wrote in in most of the books that I'm going to talk about, you can be found on Amazon. In fact, they're e-books. If they're not up yet, they're going to be. And as I wrote in UFOs and Ancient Gods, which was one of the first books I ever did, there are numerous legends of ancient gods interacting with early man to create civilization and all of its wonders. And of course, there are many who believe the ancient gods were just missed and made believe. Others believe these ancient gods were actually aliens who uh, came to the planet to exploit it for its natural resources. And the question is, did the gods create mankind or did the gods come to exploit a pre-existing mankind? We've never had an answer to that question. We all know the story in the Christian Bible of when God cast out a third of his angels from heaven to earth because they had joined Lucifer in rebellion against God. And these fallen angels were called the Nephilim in the Bible and interbred with human females, which shows the gods and humans were at least genetically related. If Zachariah Sitchin was correct and the Anunnaki were space travelers who came to Earth to exploit it for its riches, the so-called fallen angels were rebellious spacemen who decided to take advantage of the locals. And this wouldn't be the first time that Primitives mistook advanced beings and technology for something coming from the gods. A prime example of this concept is the cargo cult found in the Pacific during and after World War II. Primitive tribesmen in the area found uh, crashed cargo planes and viewed what was on them as riches sent by the gods. In fact, an entire religion grew up around the idea that such riches came from the gods and praying to them would keep the flow of goods coming. In their rites, the Sumerians claimed that gods came from the uh, heavens above and taught them many works and wonders of life. The chief teacher for the Sumerians was called Oanis and was said to be half fish and half man. Sumerians actually recorded and described our galaxy and every planet within it down to the colors, textures, rotations, and locations. So how would they know all this information about other planets? Sumerians claim that gods from above, the so-called enlightened ones, came down from the heavens and taught them many arts. And this sounds very much like God's fallen angels may have come to earth and taught many secrets to mankind and portrayed themselves as gods in their own right. They would come and go as they please into and out of our planet. Or maybe these superior beings were actually space travelers. Actually, these beings have many things in common with their modern-day aliens. Think about all the ancient gods recorded throughout our history. Could all the civilizations who claim to know and walk with these gods just be plain crazy? Or maybe there's truth in what they said. Another theory, which has a lot to be said for it, is that current civilization was based on a much older advanced civilization that was destroyed by some cataclysm. In this theory, the gods that roamed the planet and taught early man may well have been survivors of this early civilization and given a lot of their secrets to early man. And this would also account for the stories of early man walking and talking with the gods. And of course, there are also stories that the gods of Earth were survivors of a war in the heavens, but not all are familiar with the war that broke out in the heavens when it was said that Jesus cleansed the heavens of Satan and his demons and cast them down to the earth. The Christian Bible's book of Revelation described a war in heaven between angels led by the archangel Michael versus those led by the, the dragon identified with the devil and Satan, which were defeated and thrown down to the earth. Under this theory, maybe this planet had been used as a prison planet for those defeated warriors. Revelation's war in heaven has been compared to the idea of fallen angels and possible parallels have been proposed in the Hebrew Bible and the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Bible says that Satan keeps, him, keeps transforming himself into an angel of light and many people claim to have seen angels of light today as well. Those who favor this theory believe that the idea of aliens actually comes from uh, Satan. Satan. These same fanatics say that anything that's not found in the Almighty God's Word comes from Satan. As a result of this narrow minded attitude, the truth is hidden from sight. Under this particular theory, every time somebody was supposedly being abducted by aliens and they prayed to the Lord to protect them, it said the aliens would disappear. If you ever watch these alien abduction shows, you'll see much the same thing. The few people who cried out to the Lord are said to have found that the abduction stopped. How much of this was real, and how much was an attempt on the part of the entities to support the idea of religious intervention? From a practical standpoint, religion is a fantastic control mechanism as anything taboo is contrary to the religion of the time, and it's safe from discovery by the vast majority of the population. Scientists who do their research and their own private ivory towers believe abductees suffer from sleep paralysis and they're imagining that they're being attacked at night. These victims of so-called alien abduction say all kinds of things from aliens to old hags, a mysterious dark man, and others of the same ilk. And some of those who believe they're actually abducted report being um, held down, not being able to speak. You now the origin of demons is not commonly known in our time, but in ancient times it was well understood that demons are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. And if you'll recall, the Nephilim, the earth-born giants of the days of Noah, were the offsprings of what were described as fallen angels and the daughters of men. According to numerous ancient rabbinic and early church texts, when the Nephilim died, their spirits became disembodied and roamed the earth, harassing mankind. Mysterious teachers, strange aerial craft, and other things we'd call UFO events have been with us for thousands of years. However, there are many who choose to place the beginning of the modern UFO phenomenon at the point of uh, pilot Kenneth Arnold's sighting in 1947 um, when he saw several um, flat disks flying over Mate Rainier. There is nevertheless a direct relation between UFOs and the fallen angels, and the stories of encounters with angels handed down through the scriptures of many religions, and some of the arguments in favor of the angelic interpretation of ancient and modern UFO accounts. It's interesting, most people regard angels as existing in a spiritual plane only. But it would appear that angels, whether fallen or not, exist in both the physical and the spiritual plane. According to the Bible, so rife the Nephilim and their own offspring, along with Satan's offspring, uh, which had polluted the gene pool of the man eons earlier, that only Noah was pure in his ancestry, so God set the flood to destroy everybody but Noah. Now the fallen angels are once again loose on the earth and once again mixing their DNA with ours. Who knows what's going to come out of that. The, uh, the Anunnaki. Our group of deities in ancient Mesopotamian cultures. When I say ancient Mesopotamia, I mean Sumerian, Akkadian, Assyrian, and Babylonian. The name is variously written as Dauna, Danuna, Kel, or Danunna, meaning something to the effect of "those of royal blood" or "princely of offspring." According to the Oxford Companion to World Mythology, the Anunnaki, of the Sumerian de- deities of the all-premortal line. They're Jatonic deities of the uh, of fertility and um uh, associated eventually with uh, the underworld when they became judges they take their name from the old sky god uh, an who um uh, if you're familiar with uh zechariah's writing uh an was or Anu was the king of uh the Anunnaki, who came from the planet Nibiru. Their relation to the group of gods known as the Igigi is unclear. According to Sech and the Igigi are also those referred to as the Watchers. In theory, there was a certain number of, of um, travelers sent to this planet to establish a way to uh, mine it for its um, wealth some of them came down to the uh to the earth and some stayed on board the uh, the spacecraft and those that stayed on board watched to make sure nothing happened to those that came to the ground and they became known as the gigi now sometimes the um The term the Anunnaki and the Agigi are are, uh, used synonymously, but in the Atrahasis flood myth, the Agigi are also the sixth generation of the gods who have to uh, work for the Anunnaki. They rebelled after 40 days and were replaced by the creation of humans to do the Scott work. Jeremy Black and Anthony Green wrote a book called God's Demons and the Symbols of Ancient Mesopotamia. And they offer a slightly different perspective on the Agigi and the Anunnaki. Writing the Agigu or the Agigi is a term introduced in the old Babylonian period, is a name for the the ten great gods. While it sometimes kept that sense in later periods from Middle Assyrian and Babylonian times on, it's generally used to refer to the gods of heaven collectively. This is the term Anunnaku or Anuna was later used to refer to the gods of the underworld. In the Epic of Creation, it said that there are 300 Agigu in heaven. The Anunnaki appear in the Babylonian creation myth in Numa Elish. In the late version, magnifying Marduk, after the creation of mankind, Marduk divides the Anunnaki and assigns them to their proper stations 300 in heaven and 300 on earth. In gratitude, the Anunnaki, the, the great gods, built Sagiela, uh, the splendid. They raised high the head of Isaglu, uh, equaling Apsu. Having built a stage tower as high as Apsu, they set up in, uh, an abode for Marduk in Lil and Ea, and they built their own shrines. Now, supposedly, six hundred of these travelers came; three hundred stayed in orbit, three hundred came to the planet. Dananakia mentioned in the Epic of Gilgamesh when Utnapishtim tells the story of the flood. The seven judges of hell are also called the Anunnaki, and they set the land aflame as the storm is approaching. Clearly, all accounts make it clear the Anunnaki are looking at, looked at as extremely powerful. And according to later Syrian and Babylonian myth, the Anunnaki were the children of Anu and Ki, brother and sister gods, themselves the children of Anshar and Kishar, uh, who in turn were the children of Lahamu and Lamu, The the Muddy Ones, names given to the gatekeepers of the Abzu or the House of Far Waters temple at Eridu, decided once the creation was thought to have occurred. Finally, the Lahamu and Lamu were the children of Tiamat, goddess of the ocean, and Abzu, god of fresh water. There are also stories in the various religious works about the the Watchers. Now, Watchers is a term used in connection with biblical angels and they occur in both plural and singular form in the book of daniel whose reference is made to their holiness the apocryphal books of enoch the first and second centuries bc refer to both good and bad watchers with a primary focus on the rebellious ones the watchers were said to be assigned to watch the earth and keep track of what the humans were up to others say the watchers may well be the gigi assigned to stay on board the base craft of the anunnaki expedition Interestingly enough, when man first went into space, an unknown orbiting craft was found in the polar orbit. It was named the Black Knight, and it's rarely spoken of by those on authority, though the last I was able to get anybody to tell me, it is still there. Nobody knows who put it there. Now, there's a great deal of information to be found about the Watchers in the Book of Enoch early religious tract about a man named Enoch and his travels and travails. And there are actually two books called the Book of Enoch. First printed in 1893 and reprinted in 1895 in the modern era. And the Book of Enoch, um, or First Enoch as some called it, the watches are referred to as angels dispatched to earth to watch over the humans. And they soon begin to lust for human women and, at the prodding of their leader, Samyaza, defect in mass to illicitly instruct humanity and procreate among them. And the offspring of these unions are the Nephilim, uh, savage giants who pillage the earth and endanger humanity. Samyaz and his associates further taught their human charges, arts, and technologies such as weaponry and cosmetics and mirrors and sorcery and other techniques that would otherwise be discovered gradually over time by humans, not foisted on them at all at once. Eventually, God allows a great flood to rid the earth of the Nephilim, but first sends Uriel to warn Noah so as to not eradicate the human race entirely. Watchers are bound in the valleys of the earth until Judgment Day. The book of Jude, verse 6, says that these fallen angels are kept uh, an everlasting change under darkness until Judgment Day. The chiefs of the tens of these fallen angels are listed in the book of Enoch. And uh, the names of their leaders are uh, Simeazaz, the ultimate leader, Erekeba, Ramiel, Kokabel, Tamiel, Ramiel, Daniel, Ezekiel, Baruchiel, Azale, Amarius. Um, There's several others who get more and more difficult to pronounce. The Book of Enoch also lists leaders of the 200 fallen angels who married and commenced a, an unnatural union with human wi- um, women and who taught forbidden knowledge. Some of them listed in the Book of Raziel, um, The Zohar and the Jubilees and there if you get uh, my book Evidence of Alien Contact I go into quite some detail about this you know the account account of the book of Enoch has been associated with the passage in Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 that talk about the sons of God instead of watchers and that particular paragraph says, When men began to multiply on earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw how beautiful the daughters of men were and took for them, them for their wives, as many of them as they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not remain in man forever, since he's but flesh. He's, his day shall comprise 120 years. At that time the Nephilim appeared on earth after the sons of God in intercourse with the daughters of men who bore them sons, and they were the heroes of old the men of renown and it said prior to this that uh, the human body is designed to last about 900 years before it literally just falls apart Um, whatever happened during the flood is alleged to have changed uh, the makeup of humans so that their lifespan was 120 max So I have known two people who supposedly were older than that. In the second book of Enoch, i afraid for the masculine give a name. Um, there's Grigory and Grigory, the Jewish uh, pseudo um epigraph in a second book of Enoch in the Slavonic. Enoch refers to the Grigori who are the same as the watchers found in the first book of Enoch. The Slavic word Grigori used in the book as a transcription of a Greek word in post-classical times meaning wakeful. I also interviewed members of uh, the Romani. The, we call them gypsies and they used to travel across Europe Um uh, And they talked about the fact that their ancestors uh, came in contact with the Gregori, who were said to be a race of um, what we might refer to as vampires uh, that lived in uh, Romania. Now, chapter 18 presents the Gregorias, countless soldiers of human appearance, their size being greater than those of giants. This might be the basis for the race of giants that's been discovered in. North America if you see my book UFOs and Ancient Gods I talk at some length about the um, the skeletons that were 8 to 10 feet tall that were dug up some some of the mounds found across the plains uh, many of them were in copper armor they had 6 fingers and 6 toes uh, they're said to be located in the 5th heaven and identified as the Grigori who with their prince uh, said they all rejected the Lord of Light now, much of what we know about the Anunnaki came from research by Zacharias Sitchin. He's long been the major investigator of the Sumerian records dating from the earliest days of Sumerian civilization. He believes his work shows that many of the biblical stories of gods and angels originated from Sumerian the activities of uh, the Anunnaki. He further claims Anunnaki were on earth about 450,000 years ago looking for the gold, which was very important in their culture. <coughs> well, and it may be the basis of their longevity. Gold prospecting was said to have originally taken place in Africa. and There's a lot of evidence to support this uh, premise. Not surprisingly, such advanced beings and ships with magical technology were viewed as gods by the primitive humans. The main person was I knew who was in charge overall and probably remained in his ship in orbit around the Earth. Zachariah Sitchin unfortunately died in 2010. I had the opportunity to uh, interview him several times on my earlier show. And I also, uh, when I was living in New York, had the opportunity to have a lunch-, lunch with him a couple of times. He um, was an Abrijani, uh born American author who books proposing an explanation for human origins involving ancient astronauts he attributes the creation of the ancient sumerian culture to the anunnaki which he said it was a race of extraterrestrials from a planet around beyond neptune called nibiru um i've even got a book under i'm working on about the planet nibiru apparently there is a great deal of evidence in myths and legends Now, beneath uh, Anu was um, in Hersag Enlil, that was a brother and sister in Enki, who was actually the oldest son, but not the son of, um, apparently the Anunnaki had the same traditions as the Egyptians. The royal son was the product of a brother and sister union, and Inki, though older, was in fact uh, not the product of uh, Anu and his sister. So he wasn't the, um, the royal son. Then it was Marduk and Nana, and a variety of minor deities. Each had their own areas of responsibility. Now, from a careful reading of the clay tablets... Found in Samaria, an interpretation of the carvings on the cylinder seals, uh, Sitchin pieced together a a detailed history of the Anunnaki, which he believed showed that our history was not the the history that we've known and taught to our uh, children. Was not the true history of this planet at all. The full story is very long and worth reading if you are at all interested in this aspect of alien intervention in human affairs. There's six books in his series titled The Earth Chronicles. And then um, he takes the story of the Anunnaki from their origin on another planet, which has been called variously Nibiru, Planet X, Marduk, and the 12th planet, and tells how they mined gold, manipulated the genes of humanity, and generally altered the normal run of affairs on Earth. And there's a puzzling passage in Genesis chapter 6 verse 4 that reads uh, there were giants in the earth in those days and after that always different version has that same passage but it's slightly different the Nephilim were upon the earth in those days and thereafter too the sons of gods who cohabited with the daughters of Adam and they bore children unto them they were the mighty ones of eternity the people of the Shem well this could be explained as the Anunnaki coming down from above and cohabiting with um, human women Instead of giants, the term "fallen ones" is better explained by their descent from the heavens in their ships. The Nephilim, according to Sitchin, the Anunnaki. Now, this variation of the on the original theme is, of course, interesting. But the main interest to me is the influence these aliens have had upon the human race. If you look at the civilization of Sumer as a start, this advanced culture seemingly sprang up overnight from a gaggle of simple primitives. This new civilization bore the hallmarks of an aware and technologically capable of society at a time when no one can point to any possible precursor. Taxes, irrigation, public buildings, a powerful priesthood, a civil code, factories, all the trappings of a complex society just appeared pretty much out of nowhere. If that isn't having an influence on the human race, I don't know what is. For example, if we were bred to be slaves of a kind, isn't it interesting we have the same attitude to our animals? Rebreeding them with a little thought to their emotions, feelings, desires, or anything else. We impose our desires on them much as the Anunnaki impose theirs on us. And what a strange fixation we have with adornments, precious metals and sex. The records are exact, and these same traits are those of the aliens. They enjoy gold jewelry, they altered us to be able to have sex and produce all the time, which is not the norm in most races. They generally show us a way to behave religionally with little regard to others, and to concentrate on outward show rather than inward meaning. I know these are huge generalizations, but all righty. You know what I was talking about. Of course, I know are huge generalizations, but the traits we exhibit as humans have to have come from someplace. And I don't subscribe to the theory that these are natural developments of evolution. In fact, uh, Darwin's theory of evolution is just that. It's a theory. It's never been proven. You know, many of these traits are in some ways unnatural. Additionally, there's the question of giants, the wee people and the monsters of legend. Could the aliens who created mankind have created the other races of myth and legend? certainly there's evidence to support that and we have the Anunnaki not only to thank for them but for us as well now are the Anunnaki aliens Were the Anunnaki uh, survivors of a destroyed civilization we just don't know now for the sake of simplicity (coughs) Um, excuse me. It's called it the, the involvement of an unknown person or persons as alien intervention. Certainly, normal use of the word "alien" it communicates the idea they were outsiders. You know, once the early civilizations were formed, men began to indulge in the the world's second oldest profession, war. And these wars were basically for conquest, and started to rise to the great empires. As Sitchin asked in his work, The Wars of Gods and Men, are we merely puppets for the gods or are we cannon fodder? Whichever may be the case, there are numerous wars fought by mankind that have been influenced one and the other by the gods. Empires and religions formed as a result of these contacts might not have formed without them. So it would seem the aliens had their own agenda regarding mankind. And while the UFO phenomena may not have gained popularity until the second half of the 20th century, there's been many cases documented throughout history that uh, indicate the phenomena occurred often over the centuries. While one of the most famous UFO, uh, ancient UFO sightings may have, could have been the possible sighting in the first chapter of Ezekiel, there was certainly not the only reference to strange flying objects. Been many references to flying objects or vehicles in the Mahabharata and also various historical paintings over the centuries that clearly indicate that people of that time were, had either seen or heard of some kind of saucer shaped craft. In many cases, the depictions in the paintings even suggest some kind of deep rooted relationship between UFOs and religion. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 1. says behold a whirlwind came out of the north a great cloud of fire enfolding itself and the brightness was about it and out of the midst thereof is the color of amber out of the midst of the fire also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures and this was their appearance they had the likeness of a man and everyone had four faces and everyone had four wings it also speaks of how these living creatures had wheels and How when they were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up also. Now this account was written 600 years before Christ. The Greeks and the Romans also wrote about such things like phantom chariots appearing in the night sky. And during the reign of Charlemagne, there were many accounts of tyrants of the air and their aerial ships. Charlemagne was so concerned about these reports uh, and the fact they would frighten the people, that those reporting these phenomena were put to death. Another case reported in the year 1270 from Bristol, England, a spaceship was seen, which landed, and an occupant came down from a ladder and was suffocated in the Earth's atmosphere. Really, Egypt is another civilization that is also often um, believed to have had contact with UFOs. so-called Thule Papyrus is often cited as evidence of visitation to Egypt by ancient astronauts. Unfortunately, any mention of the Alberto Tulli in his alleged uh, papyrus appears to uh, be restricted to popular UFO-related literature. For example, in UFOs in History, Samuel Rosenberg describes a number of uh, supposed ancient UFO sightings, including one from a papyrus manuscript found among the papers of the late Professor Alberto Tulli, former director of the Vatican Egyptian Museum. It was a UFO sighting during the reign of Thutmose III, which was cited by uh, trench that was Brin's leader of the poor trench don't you know according to the story the former director of the Egyptian Museum at the Vatican professor Alberto Tully had among his papers the earliest known record of a fleet of flying saucers written on peppers long, long ago in ancient Egypt the papyrus was uh, damaged and contained several gaps. A certain prince, Boris de Rashweltz uh, managed to translate it and declared the papyrus was of the annals of Thutmose III. Now, according to the translation, in the year 22, in the third month of winter, in the sixth hour of the day, the scribes of the house of life noticed a circle of fire that was coming from, uh, from the sky. From the mouth, it admitted a foul breath. It had no head. The body was one rod long and one rod wide. It had no voice. And from the hearts of the, the scribes became confused and they threw themselves down on their bellies. Then they reported the thing to the Pharaoh, and His Majesty ordered it to be examined. And he was meditating on what had happened, that it was recorded in the scrolls of the house of life. Now after some days had passed, these things became more and more numerous in the skies. Their splendor exceeded that of the sun and extended to the limits of the four angels of the sky. High and wide in the sky was the position from which these fire circles came and went. I Army mean, of Pharaoh looked on them uh, with him in their midst. But after supper, then these fire circles ascended higher into the sky and headed toward the south. Fish and birds then fell from the sky, a marvel never before known since the foundation of their land. And Pharaoh uh, caused incense to be uh, brought to make peace with the earth. And what happened was ordered to be written in the annals of the house of life so to be remembered for all time forward. Where early writings also made it clear these gods indulged themselves in the wars of men. Earliest conflict of which a record can be found was in the year 1460 B.C. In this auspicious year, Pharaoh Tutmos III was involved in a conflict with the Nubians. But that was not up on their Egyptian history. Tutmos III sometimes read as Tutmosis or Tutmos II or Tutmosis in older history works. I'm sorry, Tothmosis. And uh, meaning Thoth is born, was the sixth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty. During the first twenty-two years of his reign, he was co-regent with his stepmother. That's just what was named, uh, who was herself named the pharaoh. She was the famous female pharaoh. When well, he was shown first on surviving monuments, both were assigned the usual royal names and insignia, and neither was given any obvious seniority over the other. And he was the head of the armies. While well, they considered a military genius by historians, he made 16 raids in 20 years. He was an active expansionist ruler, sometimes called Egyptian's greatest conqueror in Napoleon of Egypt, recorded to have captured 350 cities during his rule and conquered much of the Near East from the Euphrates to Nubia during 17 no military campaigns. He was the first pharaoh after Thutmose I to cross the Euphrates, doing so during his campaign against uh, Mitanni. Campaign records were transcribed under the walls of the Temple of Amun at Karnak and were now transcribed under uh, into the IV. He's consistently regarded as one of the greatest of Egypt's warrior pharaohs who transformed Egypt into an international superpower by creating an empire that stretched from southern Syria through to Canaan and Nubia. In most of his campaigns, his enemies were defeated town by town and to being beaten into submission. His preferred tactic was to subdue a much weaker city or state one at a time, resulting in surrender of each faction until uh, complete domination was achieved. Much is known about uh, Tutmosis the warrior, not only because of his military achievements, but also because of his royal scribe, army commander, uh, Tenuni. He wrote about his conquest and his reign. The prime reason why Tutmosis was able to conquer such a large number of lands is because of the revolution and improvement in army weapons. When the Hexos invaded and took over Egypt with more advanced weapons, such as horse drawn chariots, the people of Egypt learned to use these weapons. And he encountered little resistance from neighboring kingdoms, allowing him to expand his realm of influence easily. His army also carried boats on dry land. These campaigns are inscribed on inner walls great chamber housing the Holy of Holies at the uh, Karnak Temple of Amun. These inscriptions give the most detailed and intense account of any Egyptian king. And after her death and his later rise to Pharaoh of the kingdom, Thutmose has created the largest empire Egypt had ever seen. Officially, Thutmose III ruled Egypt for almost 54 years. His reign was usually dated from April 24, 1479 B.C., to uh, March eleventh, fourteen twenty-five B.C. However, this includes the twenty-two years he was co-regent to Hatshepsut, stepmother and aunt. In the final two years of his reign, he uh, appointed his son and uh, successor Amenhotep II as his junior co-regent. When he died, he was buried in the Valley of Kings, as well as the rest of the kings from his period in Egypt. Tetmos took one last campaign in his 50th regnal year, very late in his life. 1460 B.C., he attacked Nubia. but only went as far as the fourth cataract of the Nile. Although no king of Egypt had ever penetrated as far as he did with an army, previous kings' campaigns had spread Egyptian culture that far already. The earliest Egyptian document found at Gilbo Bacal, in fact, comes from three years before that campaign, And there's a stella located in Jabal, erected in honor of Thutmose III, which describes what was called a celestial event during his war with the Nubians. According to uh, the stella, a star fell to their southern position and struck those opposed to him. None could stand. In other words, he got help from the sky in that particular campaign. Well, now we come to the end of the today's show. It's also the end of the week. We'll be back Monday and talk about more strange topics. Till then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show, saying have a truly great evening.